Good morning. This is Janelle. This is Malik. And welcome to Coffee Side Chats. We are actually recording in the morning, which is very exciting because I like to drink coffee in the morning. I drink it at night too, but it's it just feels right to be doing it in the morning sometimes. Yeah, this is only like the, I don't know, third time in all of our recordings yeah. we've done in the morning. So just ridiculous, but it's good. So we're going to start off with our regular. What are you drinking today, Malik? I'm drinking uh, toasted pecan. It's a coffee from, I don't know, one of these local roasters in the area. I don't I don't remember which brand it is. It tastes good. So <laughs> and, I and I can find it easily in whole beans. So it's cool. What about nice. you? Um, I'm drinking, I went back to the good bean from Jacksonville, medium roast. I like studied the package this morning. Cause I was like, ah, I got to remember all the words on here. And now I can't even remember the brand, but it's an Oregon local brand. And I do not get whole beans because I don't grind my own coffee because I'm very lazy. I had a dream the other night. This is so random. I had a dream the other night that I got brown paper bag full of um freshly roasted beans that i could grind myself from a very very local like eugene local roaster um and they just handed me like a quarter pound of beans like here you go have it and i was like oh cool thanks it's so random i think that is a sign that you should stop buying pre-ground coffee and start grinding your own i'm pretty sure that's a sign i don't think so um, you tripped about it. <laughs> I'm certain that's a sign. <laughs> okay, hold on. Side note. Um, to roast, toasted pecan. Did you know that my hometown is the pecan capital of Texas? Did you also know that my least favorite nut is the pecan? <laughs> Funny enough, it's actually my least favorite nut, too. It just happens to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of coffee I like. Go figure. It has a good flavor, but a really, really terrible texture. I hate the texture of pecans. So much. Yeah, yeah, I concur. Yep. Thank you. I'm glad we got we agree on that. So today, this is kind of a last minute topic, guys, but I'm pretty excited about it because I was thinking about it all week. I was like, ah, we should talk about this because I'm struggling to do this. We're talking about adulting. Everyone's least favorite part of growing up. <laughs> it's the worst. So we're just going to talk about whatever random elements that come up uh, that we don't like or that we do like or things that we had to adjust to. Um, I really thought about this because I got a census form in the mail yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm the head of my house now. I have to fill this out. <laughs> happens that way you suddenly start getting mail you're like wait 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 i can't just give this to somebody else to figure out i have to do it myself that's terrible oh now i know why mom's desk was always covered in mail because she there's just so much mail that comes in that's like oh you have to take care of this too and this and this and this oh don't forget about this and it just keeps coming even with email where so many of my bills come via email or like automatic payment i still have to check on so many things <gasps> how did anybody do this before the internet because i'm already overwhelmed the same way my mom still does it pen and paper and a checkbook <laughs> she still tracks everything down just that way so yep that's mm, i can't imagine like having a stacks and just making sure you know you don't lose a piece of mail right now you know you can lose an email but it's a lot easier to find it <laughs> If you accidentally delete it or uh, archive it or something. But when you lost a piece of mail, that could be, you know, a big bill that suddenly you don't have any idea you need to pay. So <laughs> that would be terrible. Your mom sounds very orderly and I want to get to know her better. I think I've only met her once. <laughs> yep. And that's where I get it from, as you can imagine. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Uh, speaking of losing bills, I haven't lost a bill but I did lose a tax document this year. And so I had to go to somebody and be like, mm, I never got it. And they were like, are you sure I sent it to you? And I genuinely thought I never got it because I could not find it anywhere. So I had to like mope in there and be like, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Can you please give me another? 
Oh, taxes. Taxes are fun. You know, when you don't have a job when you're little, you don't have to think about taxes. Then I finally got my first part time job and it's like, oh, mom, taxes. I need you to <laughs> I need you to do this for me. And my mom did my taxes for, I don't know, my first four years of working. And then finally, I was like, OK, what app do you use or what website? And I'll just learn how to do this. So now I do my own. But it yeah, that first time I was like, man, I really hope I don't screw this up and get a <laughs> and get a bill from the government. <laughs> yeah. The first time you do it by yourself, it's terrifying because you hear so much about, oh, like the government can charge you or the government can find you. You can go to jail for doing it wrong. And it's so serious. But things like H&R Block and TurboTax make it so easy. <laughs> that it's not that bad but it also amazes me that so many people say their parents did their taxes for them growing up I never had my parents do my taxes which I don't know how I never did because I was terrified I remember that I, th- I think you missed the greatest loophole in, in adulthood right there you gotta li- you gotta at least pass that taxes off to somebody for a little while yeah, I had to do a bunch of adulthood things at like 16. I was I had to be an adult so early. Yeah, I just think you didn't pressure mom enough or dad enough. You got you got to apply the pressure. Got to get them to do it for you. Although you have a lot of brothers and sisters. If they were doing tax for everybody, that could be a long tax season. So. But yeah, their taxes are not easy either because my dad has his own company, and my mom did too, and so they were doing self-employed taxes for two businesses for as long as I can remember, at least two, if not three at certain times. So their taxes already were a mess. Then to have to deal with however many kids were between 15 and 18 who were working, which at any point could be like five kids. <laughs> yeah, I that would be awful. <laughs> Still would have dumped it on them. No lie. <laughs> like, well, you're you're good at it, so why should I do it? And just here, like here's my forms. Although when you're when you're young, you, your forms are you got one form or two forms you got to mm-hmm. do. It's not really a whole lot to do, but yeah, I was not excited about doing them. Now it's like whatever. I did mine the first week they were um, available. I just did them. I don't like to risk forgetting. <laughs> don't need to forget my taxes. Yeah, I did them way late this year. They're done now. And I have uh, the federal tax return already back in my bank account. So that's exciting. Because <laughs> I did them very late, but I didn't get the state one yet. But Texas doesn't do state taxes. So it's like an extra step of like, oh, shoot, I'm not done. I have to figure out what I paid in taxes last year in order to get this kicker thing. What is the kicker? What? I don't understand what's happening. No state tax. That's all I care about. That's part of I'm like, I'm not moving out of Texas. I'm not doing state taxes. Screw this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oregon always boasts that we don't have sales tax. So that makes up the difference. But I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because then and anyone who comes into the state is not paying any taxes. Like any tourists or anything are not paying sales tax. So you're missing out on this huge piece of money that's just sitting there. It, like, is not getting used from anybody who just comes in and visits. It blows my mind. (laughs) Tax law, I don't even try to understand how these things come. I just try to make sure I fill out the forms right. (laughs) All I got. I like the way Texas does taxes so much better. Because then you also have to pay. um, Some places don't do it, but some, yeah. Doing state taxes is so much more of a hassle than just paying a sales tax every time. Like, I don't mind having to pay a dollar and eight cents when I buy a 99 cent candy bar. It's not that big of a deal. Just get over it. <laughs> That's one way to view it. Uh, Okay, so census and taxes, those are things that like, all right, you can start doing as a kid. Housekeeping is very different from doing chores as a kid to having the whole house to yourself as an adult. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big change in the um, amount of time for one, and the amount of responsibility because, you know, hey, when I was younger, you like you clean your room, you may have to clean the kitchen or vacuum. Now it's like all of the things have to be done, everything, every room, all the cleaning. 
And if you live alone, guess what? There's no other person to get to help with that stuff at all. So mm-hmm. like I have a roommate, but I don't ever ask him to do chores because that feels weird. So we each wash our own dishes. But then I wipe the counters down. I sweep the floor because my cat makes a mess. So I'm like, it's not really fair of me to ask him to sweep the floor. And then, uh, I don't know. I normally clean the living room if there's anything to clean in the living room. And I always clean the bathroom, except he takes the trash out sometimes. But I never ask him to. It's just like, oh, I didn't take the trash out. And he got tired of it. (laughs) So he took the trash out. Yeah, when you when your roommates is kind of weird because you like you kind of fall into whatever chore you fall into. At some point, I had three roommates, so we basically kind of broke it down. All right, well, this week you'll do this, this week we'll do this, and we kind of rotate it at my behest, as you can imagine, because I needed some kind of organization in that damn apartment. But <laughs> overall, it was like, okay, we're gonna we'll break it up and we'll make it easier on ourselves versus one person trying to just do everything. But after that, it's like, hmm, this two-bedroom apartment has to get cleaned. So guess what? (laughs) It just needs to happen. Yeah, we had a chore chart in college, but there were four of us in the apartment, and at one point there were only three of us. Um, But I think that was because we had somebody more like you who was like, okay, we need to keep the apartment clean. Here are the chores. These are like the four big chores that need to be done every week. We're going to rotate through these every week. And it worked out really well. Um, But when there's only two of you, and I feel like both he and I will just like disappear for a weekend. And we neither of us really make a big mess. And so it's like, oh, every once in a while, we should probably scrub out the tub and or take out the trash. That's very inconsistent. We take it out like every other week. Um. And, like, clean out the sink because the water here makes the sink dirty for some reason. Like, way dirtier than any sink I've ever had before. For some reason, this sink is always dirty. No matter how much I clean it out, like, three days later, it's like, ah, I've got a ring around the middle again. It's that that hard water. That hard water is no joke. (sighs) It's really not. (laughs) Yeah, y'all take out the trash once every other week. Yeah, do not do y'all not eat there? Do y'all not no, live? <laughs> that's the other thing. Neither of us eat very much. I'm like, how is that even possible? I'm taking out the trash twice a week right now. It's crazy. What? Yeah. Happens when you cook a lot though. Okay, you need a compost bin. Why? Because you're wasting so much trash. You're the, sending the, all of that to the dumpster. The food gets eaten. It's just like stuff around the apartment, like, you know wrappers from like paper towel rolls all that kind of stuff like the food hardly ever gets in there (laughs) paper towel rolls can be composted i mean like the actual wrapper on the outside like the plastic that they come in why do you get so much plastic guess what i don't live in austin anymore (laughs) plastic is everywhere it's a freaking disease down here like in austin you know everyone i once we started the paper the um, paper bags you know the reusables i have a ton of those or had a ton of those and now it's like, yeah, you go order groceries and they give you 16 plastic bags because they'll divide up like they'll put one roll of ground beef into one bag by itself instead of with other cold meat. So it's all like we have so many extra bags. It's just so many. We keep like, you know, you try to keep some for like trash bags, or whatever, but we have so many. It just they just end up going away. Like there's nothing we can do about them. There's just too many. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah. So that's that's my life right now. Yeah, the grocery stores really need to figure out a better solution for that. <laughs> that's my thinking. I'm sure there's some like health code thing where they don't want red meat touching chicken or whatever, but everything is broken up so much and I'm like, this is too many bags. Just put it in one. When I bag it at, at the self-checkout, it goes in one bag. <laughs> Just put it in together and it makes it easier, but it's what we got now. So Maybe they should do like the food bank does, where they just put it all in a big box, like any of the non-perishable stuff goes in a big box, and then they just use the plastic bags for like meat. You want them to do extra work when they're shopping for me? I doubt it. <laughs> you then, then you just put it all in a big box, like at Aldi's. 
Yeah, I don't see that happening. Not with Walmart. <laughs> That's true. Heck, even HEB has a crap ton of bags. So it's it's just something. That is an adulting complaint right there, though. <laughs> it is. So if you would not remotely care about until you're like 24, 25. <laughs> I think I cared about it at like 18 because I was like, that's a lot of plastic bags. Why are we using so many plastic bags? But it wasn't that big of a deal. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, I will not use a plastic bag. If I have to walk out of here with everything that I bought wrapped in my arms, I'm going to make it happen. Which is kind of ridiculous, but, you know, I understand the point. And I try to buy, we have a bulk section at my grocery store. And so I try to buy from there. And so then I get like the very, very, very thin plastic bags to put like a pound and a half of flour in. Um, But then like I put it in my container at home and then I try to reuse that bag and take it back with me. Yeah, I've become very much a hippie. (laughs) A very like mild hippie of like, oh, you're doing two things. Become. Okay, sure. Definitely become. (laughs) It's just more pronounced here, I think. I feel like maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. I'd say the the one the one you know difficult thing about keeping where I live clean is like my one of the rooms is always going to be dirty. Either the bedroom is kind of dirty or the office is dirty. I never can keep them both clean at the same time. It's so difficult. Like because I like really really focus in on one of them. And then I forget that the other one's like, eh, it's kind of falling apart in there. So then I'll go and I'll spend two days reorganizing the office and then come back and like, well, my room is dirty again. Well, let's get back on this. So it's terrible. That's exactly how it is. Like right now, my I cleaned my room the other day and I had like a tiny little pile of stuff that I was like, okay, this stuff has to go to the bathroom, but I haven't cleaned the bathroom yet. So it just sat there for a couple of days. And then I went to the bathroom and I cleaned out the bathroom and moved all of the stuff in here. And then this room kind of fell apart a little bit. And I was like, dang it, I cannot keep more than one room clean at a time. <laughs> and the living room only stays clean because we never use it. <laughs> yeah, our, our, our living room is mostly clean because there's just like the blankets on the couch in there. And that's it. Like we don't really have a whole lot of going on in there. But my office, the only thing is, you know, after the wedding, we got so much stuff that I don't have as much storage like space as I had before the wedding. So now there's just stuff in the closets, like where I would normally put stuff to store them long term. <laughs> they're just in the closet. There's just so much stuff. I've lost half the closet space just from the wedding stuff <laughs> left over. It's terrible. But that's my life. That's a real first world problem. <laughs> yeah, way too much stuff. Way too much stuff and just nowhere to put it. Um, but yeah, back to grocery shopping. I hate grocery shopping. <laughs> like I go because I, I don't like to cook either. So keeping a pantry stocked well when you don't like to cook and you don't know how to cook well. And then to try to go to the grocery store to keep it stocked well and to make stuff like I never do it right. And I always end up at the end of the grocery line with like, a box of Oreos, one or two avocados, and maybe a box of Cheez-Its, and maybe, like, a bag of rice. I want you to feel the shame through the camera right now. Just feel it, because that's ridiculous. I need you to get it together, <laughs> for one. But I, so, basically, overall, the stuff I want to buy from the store, I know Walmart has it. However... I also like going grocery shopping early in the morning if I'm going to go. But Walmart has switched to basically only having self-checkouts open before 10 o'clock. Like there's there's like they'll have the one like one or two like 15 and under lines. And that'll be it. And then a self-checkout. If I'm going to go grocery shopping, usually it's like for $150 to $250 worth of stuff. So it's not like a small trip. So I don't want to be scanning all that through the self-checkout because it takes forever and you're trying to like organize it and bag and it's a whole mess. And you don't want to be that guy that walks up to a, you know, 15, (laughs) 15 and underline with a whole basket full of stuff. So I end up doing the order from the app pickup um, grocery shopping. It makes my life so much easier because I'm not going to go into Walmart at four o'clock in the afternoon when they have all the registers open, but the place is super, super, super crowded. 
not my not my uh, forte there. I don't do not like doing that. I did that for a while. I was like, I'm done with it. And the second they added the um, pickup, pickup all the way. So now, like, that's all I do because I'm not going shopping. I go into into a store for one or two things. And if it's usually if it's something like a small, we're just getting something for a single meal. I'll just go to H-E-B because it's right down the street. But H-E-B doesn't have all the other stuff I want. So I don't use their pickup. Um, so, but yeah, no, no shopping in the store anymore. What do you get at Walmart that H-E-B doesn't have? There's a lot of like the different um, sizes of things. Like say if I wanted a bigger box of fruit snacks or whatever, like all the different specific brand things I get. A lot of times H-E-B doesn't have it or they only have like one or two versions of it. Walmart has every version of everything. <laughs> so I can always pick and choose. So I like if there's something off the beaten path I want, like if I want to get the a different kind of like sloppy Joe mix. HB is going to have the regular one. Walmart will have four. <laughs> so it's like, and so if there's one that's uh, like a bourbon. Oh, sorry. There's one that's like a uh, bourbon sauce that I can't find anywhere but Walmart. So I go there for it. So it's like if there's fewer things I have to worry about not being there if I go to Walmart because the Walmart that's close to me is a lot bigger than H-E-B. Now, in Austin, they had the, there were a lot more H-E-B pluses, so they really had basically everything. <laughs> so I didn't have to go to Walmart as much there, but yeah, here it's a little bit more of a, I got to do what I got to do to make sure I have what I want. I'm not making compromises on groceries, damn it. <laughs> not making compromises on groceries. Can that be like a slogan for your life? <laughs> yes, kind of yes. <laughs> Um, not compromising on groceries for you. I don't like grocery shopping. That's an adulting thing that I do not enjoy. I don't know how my mom did it. Still does it. And my mom adjusted from doing it for just her and dad. And then her and dad and one kid. To her and dad and 13 children. To now her and dad and one kid again. I'm like, how did you, like, make all of those adjustments for so many years? Like, figuring out how to shop for that many people. And keeping the pantry stocked to where you could always make a meal. It is it is an art, an art. It took me several years to develop because at first growing up in a big family, I would overshop. So we would always have way too much stuff. And then I started, yeah, maybe I'll get stuff as we need. And that's not practical because then I don't want to go to the store. So I've got a good balance about how much I need to buy to have basically two weeks worth of food. And then I can make it work from there. Yeah, that I'm not I have not figured out that art at all. My refrigerator is always empty. But that being said, my mom's refrigerator is very full all the time, even with just three of them in the house. I'm like, I know you have grandkids coming over a lot, but like, it is a very full refrigerator for how few people live here. <laughs> there are it, two of us. We could easily do with half the size refrigerator we have. <laughs> the reason it's always full is because she's perfected it. So there's never you never run out of food. That's why it's full like that. It's a mom thing. You just have to accept it that she knows what to do. She got it. <laughs> I should trust my mom. She's done it for this long. She's done it a lot better than I have. In my refrigerator, I think I have eggs, Izzy's, and milk, and a sourdough starter. <laughs> Ooh, that is a part of adulting that I do enjoy. I like taking myself on trips. Taking Like going on a trip with your whole family as a small child is fun in its own right, but it is very different as an adult. And it's very nice to be able to just get up and go to Canada for a weekend. I like it. Yeah, and, and going and on like work conferences, awesome. Love you it. just kind of do what you want. It's the, that's the, you know what? If today I feel like, you know, going out, cool. If not, if I feel like bumming in a hotel, guess what? I just bum in a hotel. No one can tell you how to how to do your vacations. It's fantastic. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, that's definitely a perk of adulting. I enjoy it a lot. And you don't have to be like, oh, mom, I'll be back in four days. It's like, hey, roommate, can you feed my cat for three days? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, cool. Peace out. It's dope. I like it. I uh, Heck, that was my yeah, that's the um, time management part of adulting, because that was not, honestly my favorite thing in college. That first semester, it's like, huh, it's two in the morning. I'm going to go out. <laughs> 
<laughs> just because I felt like it. It's like, you know, you had your little ID to swipe back into the dorms and you just went and did what you wanted to do, came back at whatever time. And no one could really fuss at you because, I mean, heck, my classes didn't take attendance. So even if you didn't show up, no one cared. <laughs> so it's fantastic. And attendance is almost the only accountability you have in college, unless you have roommates who are holding you accountable to something else or like clubs that you're being held accountable to. Like you really could be only held accountable via attendance in class. And that's if that professor really even cared. <laughs> I had a lot of professors that did not care. They're like, as long as you turn yourself in on time, I don't care if you come to class, but I'm not recording my lecture. So you better get your notes from somewhere. So that was their all. Uh, there was a trump card right there. I'm not recording it, so hey, you don't get it, you don't get it. See, I always had really small classes, or at least really small, like, labs, quote-unquote labs, UT called them that. Um, So, like, I could skip the lecture of 300 people of the two lectures I had that were like that, but I couldn't skip the class that had 12 other people in it. It was just too small. And the TA would call you out and would make a big deal about it and would send you an email and be like, I haven't seen you in class for two days. I'm like, I was sick. Yeah, you should. You got to email your TA because they take that part very seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, especially like when I took a lot of science labs. Well, you had a partner. So if you didn't show up, you messed up the entire group dynamic for the entire lab. So it was important. Everyone was there. But that was the only time you really had to be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I had the perk of only having only having to take two science classes, I think. And neither of them had like group work labs, which was great. But then all of my journalism classes were like, oh, you're making a video. And so you have two partners. Oh, you're making this big like website, essentially. You have two partners. Like you have to do everything together. So then you're meeting for class. Then you're meeting for lab. And then you're meeting to also work on these projects. And you're like traveling all over the city trying to find all this stuff. It was so fun. Ooh. That brings us to apartment hunting. Ooh, Finding yes. a house by yourself is that chore. <laughs> and usually you're pretty bad at, bad at it to start with because you don't know what you actually value in a living space because it's your first time living by yourself. <laughs> so you don't really know. So we're getting ready to move. And, oh, it has been something looking for places because, you know, you you think, OK, do I care more about the kitchen space, the living room space, bedroom space? Or we're going to have a, a second bedroom for the office or what? It's a whole set of things you have to balance to figure out what you actually want. For us, honestly, kitchen space is really, really, really important because, <laughs> you know, I have kind of a lot of kitchen gadgets. It's kind of overkill. But yeah, <laughs> finding a place with a decent kitchen that isn't going to cost like $1,400 a month hasn't been the easiest. Yeah, I feel like all of the kitchens that you've had that I've seen, which is only two. How many places have you and Melissa lived together? Just two? Okay. Two, two. Um, both of your kitchens were really tiny. And I was like, how are you such like a cooking fanatic with such tiny kitchens? Well, that just means we have no space underneath the cap, the cap is for anything else but kitchen gadgets. <laughs> that's all that's down there. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, You would hate my kitchen. Like, I don't like my kitchen, and I'm not a cooking fanatic, but it's a terrible kitchen. It's so bad. <laughs> the whole layout of my apartment is terrible, but I pay very little in rent. And so I will keep it and I can walk to the park. That's my biggest thing. That's something I've learned that I really value is being able to bike or walk other places. And so I can, there are two places that I have to go for work that I can walk to. Mm -hmm. And I can walk to the park over the summer when we have the concert in the park. And it's great. I really, really like where my apartment is. Although, I know when I was first looking for apartments up here, I pointed out an apartment to you. I said, I really want to live there. And it was above a laundromat in downtown. And you said, that's so sketchy. You can't live there. And I walked past that apartment at least once a week. I'm like, I still really like it. I still want to live there. No, no. (laughs) Like, it's probably maybe a tiny bit sketchier than where I currently live. But I've definitely had the cops outside my window talking to people in the dumpster 
And I yesterday had two cops like 20 feet from my door parked out there. I'm like, mm, like it's going to happen no matter where I live. <laughs> where are you living in this place? Like <laughs> you got a sketchy apartment above a laundromat and then you're living in a sketchy place where there's always people in dumpsters. I need you to figure it out. <laughs> you need to live somewhere else, apparently. I think I vaguely remembered like one of the first days that I lived here, I went to go throw something in the dumpster and there was definitely somebody in it. And I was like, ah, I'll throw this away later. That is a concern if I've ever heard one. Why am I just now hearing this story? What is going on? Yeah, that was like a year ago, at least. (laughs) Oh, other adulting thing that comes with having your own apartment is having to deal with internet. That is such a hassle. In all of my other apartments, somebody else did it. And then here, for the first time, just like a couple weeks ago, I had to do all of the internet things. So I had to go into the office, Spectrum, whatever office. And I sat there and I had to talk to the lady. I had to get everything done. I had to come back. I had to set it all up, scheduling times for the internet guy to come. I was like, I hate this. (laughs) I don't like scheduling to have people come into my house. Because I don't like scheduling things already. I don't like people coming into my house unless, like, I know them and I want them to come hang out with me. <laughs> and I don't like, especially, I don't like my landlord coming into my apartment just because it feels weird. I'm like, this is my house and you're in my house and I know that you kind of own it and or manage it. But, like, not while I'm here. Don't come while I'm here. That's so weird. I don't know why I can't get over it, but it's really weird to me and I don't like it. But yeah, dealing with internet and paying bills, like paying the utility bill. I'm like, whatever. Got that set up. No problem. Paying internet for some reason is just too much for me. I'm like, I don't ever want to touch this. So I set it up on auto pay and I let it go. And then having to reset it, I was like, "Ah, why is this so freaking hard? (laughs) So I never, ever want to have to deal with like extending internet to phone and tv like internet is the most i ever want to deal with on that end yeah do you not remember what happened when i moved into this place i literally had to make a separate trip to san antonio from austin just to sit around and wait for the internet guy to come in and then fix the internet and then fix the cable and then leave and come back i it's like when we came down here for that that was a second time I had already been down here once before that because they screwed it up and so I had to reschedule and have the guy come back out. It was ridiculous. So, yes, that hmm, getting all that set up, especially in an older complex where sometimes the wires aren't quite up to <laughs> quite up to snuff here. They had to they, they had to replace some wires the first time because they were kind of old and kind of messed up and then it just wasn't working. So they had to come back. So, yeah, it's. Getting all that set up in a new in an older area is terrible. New apartments, a lot of times they include it, so you kind of get stuck with whatever they you know have for you. But yeah, mm. yeah, internet is super super fun. But I kind of need it for basically everything, <laughs> so I don't mind most of the time. Yeah, it's like a real utility, but it's such a hassle to deal with. Um, yeah, when I came. With the internet guy, I feel like he was there for so long at your apartment. We watched so much tennis waiting for him to finish. Yeah, and then it still took, every now and then it still kind of craps out. And I'm like, I'm not calling it in. So I just restart everything and wait for it to fix itself. I'm like, I'm not calling anybody to come back out for this. (laughs) So. No, it's so annoying. Not a fan. Car stuff. When you live in an apartment... Like, you have people around you, and you've got all these resources, but you don't have your parents there to work on your car. So I don't know about you, but my father did all of the work on my car most of the time. And so I always had to pay for, like, insurance, and I paid for my own first car and, like, all of that stuff. But when it came to any repairs that needed to be done on my car, I could just, like, go out, find my dad, and be like, it's making a noise. Will you come look at it? And he would go look at it. He'd be like, oh, it's a real problem. You need to take it in. Or he'd be like... Oh, let me work on it on Saturday. I need to fix it. And it was great. And now I live by myself. I'm like, ah, my car is making a noise. What do I do? <laughs> you don't just live 
by yourself. You live across the country. <laughs> so it's much worse. Like I living as far as I do for my um my family is like, well, I just take it to the shop if it's something that really is kind of terrible sounding. If not, it's like, okay, well, I'll go out there and look at it. <laughs> but a lot of it for me is um why I got the warranty on my car. Because I just take it in. It's like a $100 deductible forever. I take it here, go fix whatever it is. It's always saving like four or $5,000 on this car to have the warranty. Because, yeah, labor is expensive. The parts aren't, but the labor is super expensive. So it's it saved me a ton of money already. I've had this car, what, three and a half years now? And, yeah, saved a lot of money on just get the warranty. That is the only thing I've learned about having a car. Get the extended warranty. It will be way easier for you. See, it was really rough the first year because I would just have to figure it all out. And then I had the great fortune of starting to date a guy who happens to be a car guy. And so anytime something makes a noise, I'm like, hey, uh, it's making a noise. You're riding with me anywhere somewhere. Will you listen to it? And he listens to it. He's like, I'll look at it on Saturday. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I cracked the code. Always have someone who can work on a car for you. <laughs> That is the code. <laughs> but he also will teach me, which is great, because my dad wouldn't teach me anything. He would say that he would, and then all of a sudden I'd come out, and he'd be working on the car, and be like, all right, I'm done with it. I'm like, Dad, like you were supposed to show me what to do. But So, yeah, if you, you, if you if you happen to, you know, run into that problem again, you may be able to fix it. But, yeah, <laughs> dads would like that. They're like, I'll just eh, go. I'll fix it <laughs> and come back, and it's ready. <laughs> Which I appreciate to some degree, but now I'm like, I live across the country. And when something happens, you're like, oh, just look at this. I'm like, you never showed me where that was. Oh, car. Hey, making, buying my first car was a whole ordeal in itself. Going out, it's like, okay, I think I like this one. But then you have to like start balancing. This one looks nicer, but it doesn't have the two things this other car does. But this other car is older uh, all right, go with the. I always went with the more features. That's what I did. <laughs> Got the car with more features. That was kind of my my whole plan. If I have to buy my own car anytime soon, I am just gonna be frozen the whole time because my first car, uh, my dad was like fixing up because a friend of his, a friend of a friend's daughter or something, I don't remember, she totaled it. And it was like not total to the point that you couldn't fix it. So my dad was like, I'll buy it from you for a hundred bucks and I'll fix it up. And so then I basically just paid for the parts. And he was like, it's a good car. You're already driving it. Just buy this one. I was like, cool, done. And then my second car, my dad called me and was like, hey, what are you doing right now? I was like, I don't know. Like I just dropped the kids off at school. And he was like, can you come to shirts right now? And I was like, uh, he was like, I found your new car. And so I drove up there and I bought the car and I came back and I had my car. And I, like that's been my entire car shopping experience has been my dad said, this is the car you need. Come pay for it. If I have to buy my own car anytime soon, like I'm going to be frozen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you got to do like me and have a crazy amount of research going into whatever. Like the TV we bought. I researched TVs for like two years before we bought one. It's like, OK, I need to know what I want before I get there because I don't want to have get the runaround from a salesperson. I just want to know these are the features I want. Does this have it or not? So that's all I got. Probably end of the year we'll be shopping for a car for my wife. So we shall see how that goes. But that probably end of the year where we'll start looking for her a new car. She needs one. Yeah. So we're gonna get her a car. <laughs> the thing is, like, the more you, the older you get, the more adulting things that come up, and you're just like, ah, shoot. Like if I'm not buying a car. Maybe one day I'm buying a house. I'm like, I haven't yet, but I need to. You have. Start investing in retirement. I'm like, I'm 24. I have to start thinking about when I'm not working anymore. I'm still figuring out where I'm working. Yep. So I start putting money away already. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what happens. Uh, I need to get back in adding a probably a larger amount into my retirement. But yeah, I got to get back on it because... Yeah, sooner or later, it's going to be like, hey, you're not working anymore. Or maybe you're not working anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you kind of need some money <laughs> to make things happen. So, yeah, it's it's mm, mm, don't don't like it. <laughs> don't like it, but it's fine. Yeah, it helps. So 
we, you know, you know me, I do a lot of research beforehand. So, you know, we're going to be moving to Dallas. So I'd already look at, start looking like three months ago at four or five different cities for us to live in multiple apartments in both. So it's like, do the, do the work up front. It makes it a little bit easier <laughs> on the back end. Yeah. You are much better about research. I get really overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm never going to make a decision because like, I don't actually know what I'm looking for. I'm just picking at random, no matter how much research I do. I always feel like I'm missing something. I never am 100% confident in my decision. Oh, well, you are 100% missing something every time. Every time we move somewhere or we go get something, I'm like, damn it, I didn't think about that. Oh, on to the list of things I need to look at next time. <laughs> you just move on because <laughs> I never, never get it all. I just like, I want to be like 95% sure. <laughs> that other 5% could be, you know, bad, but hey, we, we take 95 and kind of roll with it. That's so assuring that like you're going to keep learning and it doesn't matter. Like you're going to make mistakes you're going to figure out little bit by little bit. You're never going to have it 100%, but you're going to try your darndest to get close. Yeah, it is, it's funny how many things you don't take into consideration, like with bookshelves. Like I have one, we have two, and basically the style we got, can't. we didn't really think about the weight we needed to make sure was on them. So like they both kind of lean a little bit because <laughs> we didn't think about, hey, we're going to buy a, a trunk full of harry potter books or whatever and like it's going to be on the shelf the shelf's really not designed for that particular thing <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous there there are things that you always got to take in account uh office chairs got to get new ones of those eventually didn't think you know the sound it makes if i move is going to be a big part until you know we start podcasting <laughs> and then it makes a huge difference so so all the little things to learn so many little things. I learned that bookshelf lesson very early in like freshman year of college or something. I was still living at home, bought a new bookshelf. All the shelves sagged because I put so many books on them. I was like, ah, shoot, physics is a thing. I have to account for this. Yeah, you quickly realize, you know what? Maybe buying that, you know, $30 bookshelf was a mistake. Maybe you need to go get me a $70 one. <laughs> Something a little bit thicker, a little bit sturdier. Um, yeah, buying furniture. I still, most of my furniture is either <laughs> from the side of the road, from Craigslist, or from a thrift store. Except my mattress and a basket. <laughs> oh, I also got some from a garage sale. Um, yeah. All of my furniture, the only exceptions, are a mattress and a basket, unless you count my laundry basket, but I've had that since I was literally like 10 years old. Same laundry basket, still have it. Wow. Wow. That's kind of impressive, frankly. Um, all our furniture is a combination of Ikea and rooms to go. Like all of it. Every, everything is from one of those two places. The couches, the the table. The bed's the only thing that's from, um, where did I get the bed from? Mattress fur, maybe? Yeah, the bed was from somewhere else, but everything else is just from one of those two places. It's kind of kind of our easy shopping thing. Like right now, I, I don't really care about having super durable desk stuff. Like, no, nah, the, the desks were cheap. Let's just get those. The table and the, the sofas are the ones things are like, okay, these are kind of expensive, <laughs> but they're going to last a while. And we're just going to keep them for probably a long time. Even when we move into the house, they may not be like the main room furniture, but then they'll be in like the other little living area or whatever. So they're going to they're going to stay around for a while. So I felt if the desk breaks, eh, won't won't make me cry that bad. Table breaks, that'll be a problem. So <laughs> did I tell you I got a couch? What? You got a couch. I, got a couch. <laughs> I, I feel so odd because I for so much of my life, I have had this like be able to get up and move mentality and I still do and then I see that couch and I'm like oh that's like a permanent fixture of my home that like is not an easy to move does not fit in my car is not easy to get rid of what am I doing but it was like also free got it from a friend that was getting a new couch and was like hey does anybody want this old couch I was like I don't have a couch let me take it and I'm like why did I do that I have a couch now I'm not gonna be able to move that thing ah 
you know, that's how a lot of things end up on the side of the road. Ain't me. <laughs> it ain't going with me. So it has to go to it now. Ooh, we got so many, so much furniture. I've just given up on trying to like make it easy for myself to move. That's long gone. I don't even, <laughs> not even going to think about that at this point. It's like, okay, how big of a U-Haul do we need? <laughs> that is the only question. How big of a U-Haul do we have to get to move all this stuff? Because we're about to move everything, what, 350 miles or so? <laughs> so yeah. it's about to, it's about to get moved. So, yay. Yeah, that's another thing. When you're a kid, if you move, when you move, like I moved twice when I was a kid, I think that was it. You pack up your clothes, you pack up your toys, you're given a limit on how many boxes maybe, but that's it. Everything else, mom and dad take care of. And then maybe you like help put dishes and stuff away, but you're not in charge of like making sure that everything gets packed. You just are given a chore and you go do it. And then as an adult, you're like, ah, man, I got to make sure everything fits. Like, how am I going to fit everything in here? What am I going to do? Yeah. And in your time frame for how long it's going to take you to pack, you have no idea the first time you do it. And so I have moved seven times now total because in college we moved around a lot. And then, uh, yeah, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, this is the seventh place (laughs) I've lived. And the first time we moved, it was like, oh, you know, only moving like a bedroom or two worth of stuff. You know, it's just like your stuff. But the last time we moved, it's like we hired movers. We hired a moving company and they had to bring the big truck. Like it was going to be a lot of stuff. But I started packing three weeks before we had to move. So everything just started going away. (laughs) Very, very quickly it's like if we don't need it if it's not mission critical it needs to go into a box somewhere and needs to be labeled and needs to be put away (laughs) because i'm not gonna wait till the last week to do this so yeah when we for our next move i'll probably start packing end of may no no midway through may i'll start packing and then it'll be easy (laughs) and i have a whole cataloging system and everything like there's a a note me and my wife share That'll, that has all of our stuff in it for what's in what box. Cause we don't put like what's actually in the box on them. We just put like a code for it. Cause I don't want to put our super expensive stuff <laughs> on the box. It's like, no, how about we don't do that? Like, not that I don't necessarily trust movers, but I don't need temptation on top of the box. <laughs> so stuff like that. Like, no, we're just gonna, we're not going to do that. So everything has a particular code to it. So that's kind of how we do it. I appreciate that so much. I think we talked about doing a podcast specifically about organization. And I appreciate anything that's like cataloging, indexing, anything that's like, we are going to make this super easy. So when we have to come back, we're going to be like, what's in here? Oh, yeah, I have a key. (laughs) And it's so nice. And I love it. Also, like the more you move, the more hacks you learn. So like moving my clothes, I have like super easy hacks for that. Moving necklaces. I am never moving necklaces like I used to as a kid ever again because they get so tangled up every way that everybody else does it. I'm like, no, use the towel method. It's surefire. Okay, you got to tell me about this. Not that I have necklaces to move, but still, I want to know. <laughs> I have a lot of necklaces. Um, I know. <laughs> how do you know? Have I shown you my necklaces? We've known each other for a while. I'm pretty aware. <laughs> Anyway, so I have a lot of necklaces. So what you do is you lay a towel or a t-shirt or whatever material you're already moving anyway. So you, it could be a tablecloth. Or I don't care. Um, and you lay it out and you lay the necklaces on it and then you fold it in half and then you roll it. And then the necklaces don't get tangled. You're already moving that towel anyway. You just have to remember which towel it is. And if you have a lot of necklaces, it might be two towels. <laughs> And I only own three, so one of them is going to be in the laundry pile anyway. That is ridiculous on a couple levels, but that makes sense. Okay. (laughs) It works. Also, random adulting thing that goes with housekeeping. Um, Dish towels? Like, washing those with the rest of my clothes? Like, I only have one dish towel. (laughs) I use sponges for washing the dishes, but then I have one dish towel for, like, drying my hands after I'm done washing them in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, shoot, like, I got to wash that, too. The most convenient time to wash that is just when I'm washing my clothes, so then I have to remember to fold my clothes right away so that I can get the dish towel back out so I can put it back in the kitchen, because otherwise we just don't have a dish towel for a couple days. 
it's a really dumb thing that I'm like, this is a problem. I did not have to deal with as a child because we had a ton of dish towels because we had a ton of people. So we had to change our dish towels all the time. So we would just have a pile of dish towels. Yeah, I'm on the other. I'm on that side of the whole thing. Like, I'll wash them and I'm like, I don't really need to fold these because I can reach into the cabinet and get one of like 14 other ones that are in here. Because, you know, every time you get like from the wedding, we got a bunch of like extra dish towels. But also anytime I would go to the store, you buy a pack and like it's like a three pack or four pack of dish towels. So I always just get if I want to put a new color in the kitchen. Well, guess what? <laughs> pack of dish towels you got. So many dish towels eventually i started getting rid of some like they start getting a little tattered i just get rid of them because i have replacements there's no need to keep them it's like even as cleaning towels like some gets rotated to cleaning and other you know just around the apartment other stuff gets into the trash i got plenty more to replace you (laughs) uh yeah i have one dish towel that i got for free at a gift exchange and i was like oh yay i need a dish towel now i have one and then i have Two pot holders, one that's just like the hot pad that you set on the counter, and one that's like the glove. <laughs> the mitt. I need, I need this picture forever. <laughs> the mitt. Yes. If we had <laughs> gifts, it would be me doing this. And people who are not able to see us, which is everybody except Malik, <laughs> does not know what I'm doing, but you can probably picture it. She's just using the crab cloth thing <laughs> to describe oven mitts. But yes, I, another random adulting thing is you discovering what type of oven mitt you actually need. Because some of them, they, they're like really for decorations. But if you go and grab something that's 425 degrees out of the oven, you're going to still burn yourself. <laughs> so some of the ones we have, they're really nice, but they don't actually protect you from the heat. <laughs> Now, I have some ones that we got. These are the ones we got from Ikea. I mean, we've had these oven mitts for four or five years now. And I still use them because they're the only ones that are thick enough to actually not burn me <laughs> when I take something out. All these new ones, these thin ones, they're terrible. You just burn yourself, especially if you grab, you know, hot glass like a baking dish. Yeah, I learned that real quick <laughs> after I took them out of the package. So now they are for decorations only. <laughs> Uh, I'm not to the point where I'm like, I'm going to buy towels for just decorations. Nope. Nope. I have some stuff in my house that's just for decorations, but it's like somebody gave it to me. I don't think I have anything in my room that, well, no. I have a couple like wall art things, but even those, most of them were given to me. Or I made. Or our flowers. We're going to need to throw a giant housewarming party for you because you are not going to have anything when you move to an actual house. <laughs> like, nothing. Why is the house completely empty? Well. <laughs> it will be so sparse. I'll make it work. It'll happen. Don't worry about it. If I ever move into a house. Maybe I'll just live in apartments for the rest of my life. Or maybe I'll get a tiny house and then I'll need to get rid of furniture. We're going to put you in a real adult size house <laughs> so that you can actually have junk like the rest of us. Damn it. You're going to get this <laughs> junk like everybody else has. But yeah, you don't get to escape being being with all the junk as an adult. No, you just got you need to have at least three junk drawers that you keep trying no. to clean up. You keep trying to clean them no. and keep trying to clean them. And you're like, no. why stuff just find its way back in this drawer is like the, the black hole for all your knickknacks. You will have this drawer. It will come for you. If I can't escape it, no one can. <laughs> you need to Marie Kondo your life. <laughs> you want to know how many times I've done that? Yet, here we are. <laughs> but for every move, I basically do get rid of everything outside of, like, the furniture that we actually need for living. And my clothes. And, oh, my God. <laughs> every time, it takes us, like, six months. And we're back to having too much stuff every single time. <laughs> I've just, I've pretty much given up. I just want to organize what we have. <laughs> That's all I got. You are quick on that Amazon Prime button, though. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you use Prime against me. Keep that to yourself. I am trying so hard not to just, like, burst out laughing into the mic every 30 seconds. This is probably my favorite conversation that we've had in a little while. <laughs> Yeah, this is just kind of ridiculous. Just fantastic. <laughs> it's glorious. I love it. Growing up, we had a kind of a 
an interesting health insurance situation. It's complicated, and I don't remember all the words that go with it. So, long story short, I did not have a primary care doctor growing up. I still don't have a primary care doctor, primary care physician, primary care provider. I don't remember the technical term. PCP. Did not have one growing up, still don't have one. And now I'm, like, at a point where if I have an ear infection, I'm like, ah, shoot, I need to go take care of that. And I can't just be like, mom, please help. I'm like, I have to go somewhere. So then I have to take myself to the doctor, and every time I have to fill out, like, I don't have a primary care physician. I'm like, And I have had to take myself to the doctor three times, and I had to take myself to the dentist. And I was like, this is so weird to take yourself to the doctor or dentist like I definitely feel like I should just have mom sitting next to me and after my car accident I had to take myself to the chiropractor like it felt like a hundred times I was like this is what life is like when you actually go to the doctor on a regular basis whoo I'm not a fan yeah because you get very used to not really having to think about this stuff and then you have to start figuring out how insurance works. And I'm lucky that my mom started working for insurance com- uh, an insurance company. So I was like, okay, this is on my thing. It's on my paperwork. What the hell does this mean? Because I don't know. <laughs> so tell me if I'm doing this right. And so she would just take care of, you know, letting me know as long as I was, wasn't screwing up stuff. Uh, <laughs> but outside of that, it's just like, okay, go to the doctor, go to the dentist. You got to get your checkups. You have to remember to go get a checkup because... You could go two, three years and not even think about it, especially if you don't have any, like, you don't get sick or anything. Um, started going to the dentist last, no, this week. Was that this week? Oh, my gosh. That was on Tuesday. I had a root canal, two fillings, and a the porcelain, the crown buildup all in the same day, <laughs> one day. And then I went to the eye doctor and got my contacts fitted. So there's that, too. So <laughs> I've had a, I had a week. It's so much more stressful to take yourself because you're already stressed out about like, oh, I'm going to the doctor and they're working on me. And then at the end, they're like, oh, and you have to pay for it. And you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with both of the issues. Like I can't my brain can't handle the stress on both sides. I need one or the other. There is nothing like insurance. That's all I can say, because I put off the dental work for like six months because I'm like, I'm not I can't pay for this out of pocket because it's just like six or seven thousand dollars worth of work. And I was like, that's not going to that's that's not going to fly. So when the insurance enrollment came back around for my job, I had a dental. I'm like, OK, this is so much better, <laughs> so much better than before. Still expensive, but it is nothing like it was before. So, yeah, probably a couple weeks I'll be getting another root canal. So, hey, it's all coming. All coming. But yeah, then you also they're like asking, like, do you want to get this procedure done? Do you want to get this done? Do you need to get this done? I'm like, you're the doctor. Just tell me. But I'm also like. But you're the doctor who's getting paid, so you're going to say yes to everything, and I can't afford everything. And it, oh, ugh. I don't like scheduling things, so that's the other stressor. So I have the schedule, the stress of scheduling, the stress of taking myself, the stress of sitting through whatever appointment it is, the stress of deciding what I need after that first appointment, and the stress of paying for all of it. I'm like, I just need to be able to put something on this list on somebody else, please. Nope, it's it's all for you now. It's just like, okay, well, got to schedule it. And then it's hard to sometimes schedule really far out because you're like, okay, I want to schedule this like three weeks out, but I don't have my work schedule yet. So do I have time to take off from work? Am I going to be able to switch my schedule? Is someone else going to be able to fix the schedule for me? Or I'm going to have to just not show up to work, which is, you know, something that's possible too. It's, uh, it's a whole big thing. Work kind of complicates things, really. Like... There's so many more complicating factors, but you eventually figure it out <laughs> slowly but surely. Yeah, like when you're in school, you have a syllabus that says you have a test on this day. And so you can just schedule everything around like, oh, I already know when all my tests are for like three months. I can schedule stuff around that. And then you get to be an adult. You're like, I don't know, maybe I'll have a very important meeting for interviews that day. We don't schedule it until a week before. So now guess what? I got <laughs> a whole lot of other things to do besides this. Yeah, it, it turns into a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being an adult, if you didn't have to have a job, would be a lot easier. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how life works. There's no way that could work. But it's like, ah, I got to do all these other things. And go to work. 
Yep. Well, I think we're good for adulting today. We've talked for a long time. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so we will wrap up here. I took a lot of notes on some things that we commented on that I'm like, I think I can put that on the social media. We'll see. Maybe okay. it'll still be blank for a month. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I am. Um, but yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate you. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You want to add to anything that we said? Tell us your woes of adulting and your least favorite thing about being an adult because it's rough. Uh, and we'll see you next time. All right. Talk to you next time.